We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag and on Tucket. But, Jack, how are we feeling after another Nets win? History breakers, my dude. Yes, they ended the longest ever winning streak in Canada by a Canadian sports team. It was a 15-game winning streak by the Raptors. That was ended tonight by the Nets. 101-91 at Barclays Center. They get some revenge over a previous game. I believe the Nets are on a three-game winning streak as well, or a five-game winning streak at home, my mistake. But, Jack, before we get into it, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. So, Nick, how did they get this one done? It seemed like a bit of a slog for the Brooklyn Nets, but they grinded it out. Yeah, as Kenny Atkins said after the game, you know, elite defense, just a high compete level and just that will to win. I felt like the energy, the tenacity was there from this team. And defensively, I thought they did a good job. Obviously, Toronto missed a lot of open shots, but they did a great job of disrupting them. And I think that's something they haven't done a ton this season. But this game, it just felt like they were really getting to the Raptors. They weren't getting comfortable. I also thought they did a nice job in transition this game, not giving up too many easy buckets to a team like Toronto. Yeah, I thought that, you know, just looking at it, Nick, and then seeing some of your highlights and seeing some of the recaps that, you know, to hold, and, you know, obviously the, the Raptors were on such a streak that it had to end sometime. You know, I'm going to credit you with with this win, Nick, because you spoke it into existence on the last pod, and I know our guy Nick Cavallo probably might not be happy about that, but this was... This momentum heading into the All-Star break is crucial. I, I know you said that the Nets have won, I think it's like something like three straight or three of their four. I think they've won six of their last eight, five at home. They're playing some really good basketball. Carlos Verde's playing really, really well. You know, defense has been outstanding. Who would have thought before the season started and when we're going through those defensive woes that the Nets would be a, a top 10, near top eight defensive team after tonight's performance? I don't think that's been updated yet. But Nick, 
Before we keep going, it's time for our BetOnline AG star performer of the night. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. Who was your star performer of the night? I'm going to guess this one is a pretty easy one for you. No, honestly, there's two guys that come to mind, and it's okay. both of our guys, Karis LeVert and Joe Harris. I think the only reason that Harris is in this conversation, I think the turnovers hurt Karis' stat line a little bit, but I'm just going to give him the nod because I felt like defensively, this was one game we saw Karis, you know, provide some of those flashes of being elite. He just was so disruptive getting in the passing lanes and reading plays and just making that extra effort that, you know, ended up turning into a Nets win. Four steals, Nick. Four yeah, steals. It- that's something that you know the you know Jimmy Butler's the Ben Simmons sort of do. You know those guys are averaging like two, over two a game. In terms of getting into the passing lanes, was it more his help defense? Was it his one to one defense? We know that you know against Phoenix a few nights ago, he was really good, really good against Devin Booker. Was it a combination of both? Combination of both. There was a couple plays where he read the passing lanes, and then there was an excellent play in transition. He had Siakam one on one. He read the move perfectly, got his hand in there, and got the easy steal. It was beautiful. It was just something that you see from a really elite defensive player. Not saying Karras is there yet, but it was just one of those flashes where you're like, all right, Karras, we know you can do this. You just need to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, that's going to be the hardest thing. And and I think that he has that potential to do it if, like we spoke about on previous pods, that he maintains his confidence. He stays with that starting lineup. You know, he, he plays sort of a defensive sort of stopping role in ways, you know, next to Kyrie Irving. And, you know, obviously we're, we're seeing these flashes. We're seeing this potential. We want that consistency to remain. But, Nick, tell me every single little thing that Joe Harris did tonight because I need <laughs> to have some good dreams. It's been a bit of a tough week at work. You know, it wasn't like Joe Harris was, you know, killing it from three, you know, getting, you know, seven or eight threes. The Raptors did a nice job of running him off the line. Kyle Lowry was on him a lot of the game, pushing him off that line. He did foul him, get, you know, those three free throw attempts. But we saw a little bit more of mid-range Joe, and I thought there were some really good opportunities in there and some nice decisions from him where he just had the wide open space where Toronto was kind of packing the paint and it just made more sense for Joe to pull up he did that knocked it down I also thought he had a couple big rebounds late in this game too you know Joe's pretty active on the board so overall it was a nice performance from him just like that perfect role that just like complimentary piece that you need on a winning team please tell me we saw a flex no, we 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 saw the pump. And, uh, we saw it from the bench, and we saw it from Joe. So that combination is something I think we'll see a lot moving forward. White boy Joe is my favorite. <laughs> Joe Harris, but uh, there you have it, guys. The bet online AG star performers of the night. Remember to use that promo code Blue Wire, all one word, for your fifty percent welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. But Nick, Jared Allen, a double double in freaking twenty minutes. Jesus. Yeah, Jared, you know, was good in this game. DeAndre was good in this game. You know, Jared's activity, he also had a couple plays in the second quarter, which kind of ignited the Nets to attack the Raptors a little bit more and get to the free throw line. I want to say there was a couple possessions where it was almost maybe back-to-back where he had an and one. They were trying to switch in the second. I can't remember if it was the second or third quarter. The Raptors elected to switch. Nets capitalized on it, back-to-back plays where they got Van Vliet trying to cover Jared Allen, cutting to the rim, finished a layup too. It was just good stuff, and it was just something you're seeing from this team, starting to get a better feel from each other and knowing like, hey, Jared's got a small on him. I'm going to hit him running, and he's going to finish this play. Yeah, I think he matched his total to- his total and double doubles from last year already, and we've still got you know nine hundred thirty games left in the season. You know, we were chatting a little bit about it off wax and the fact that you know DeAndre and Jared Allen, as as frustrating as DeAndre Jordan can be, 
And maybe Jared Allen was venting his frustration by punching him in the face. What was going on there? What's going on? That, that seemed like a, a relatively forceful punch. I honestly don't know. I was like too happy already in the moment of enjoying the Nets playing well. And I just saw that. I don't know. It was something, but him and DeAndre were hugging afterwards. So it couldn't have been too bad. I mean, yeah, we know. I think we probably underrate because we analyze every single game and we analyze every single performance from pretty much every single player that we find it hard to analyze the off-court value that DeAndre Jordan has provided. And I think that ever since we've been doing this pod, there might not be a guy who's been a a better locker room presence in terms of creating a jovial atmosphere that that obviously Theo Pinson and Jared Dudley come to mind a little bit. But DeAndre Jordan being out there for extended periods of time, also being able to, you know, be the bridge in terms of like the superstars, he knows that he's not, you know, an absolute superstar. He said it before that he's frustrated that he's not getting starters, yeah, you know, getting to start. But the the relationship between him and DeAndre Jordan, um, him and Jared Allen, the, the young center, seems to be pretty damn good. Even if Jared Allen does want to punch him in the face every now and then. <laughs> Yeah, I think DeAndre kind of provides a fun factor for the Nets team in the yeah. locker room to, you know, a little bit less serious than a Kyrie or a KD. And then also, I think, like, you see it on the court. Like, he's always trying to have fun and make somebody laugh, and that's part of his character. But just getting back to Jared Allen, love the five offensive rebounds. There was just an effort for them to attack the boards from both centers, knowing that they were just going to mostly put out Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka and Chris Boucher, you know, um, he he's a smaller guy. He's a slender guy. And they were taking advantage of that, taking advantage of Serge, who's not necessarily the biggest center. Serge had his moments offensively, but they attacked him on the board. So props to these guys. Uh, Serge is too busy doing art to be, you know, <laughs> but he looked like one of the best performers of the night and, and he's been you know, linked to the Nets in the past. So we might have to bring him up uh, at some stage in the future. But Nick, any other performers that stood out, you know, Spencer Dimwitty, solid night, nine assists from him. Have you seen more consistency in his playmaking potential over this mini stretch? Yeah, I feel I feel that way. I just think like he's been great with his decision making. Kenny alluded to that. I think pregame and postgame, you know, zero turnovers, nine assists. That's tough to do. He's getting back to that Spencer that led the league in a assist to turnover ratio and just making really smart plays out there. And he didn't necessarily shoot the ball great in this game, but it felt like he had some big buckets, especially when the Raptors were trying to get some momentum. Yeah, it's all about timing, and there was one play tonight where that ball just fizzed around and it ended up with a Spencer Dinwiddie three. That was, it was beautiful basketball to watch, and it seemed to me that the the assists were on point. 27 assists tonight, Nick, on 36 yeah. made field goals. The game started, nine made field goals, nine assists. So yeah. right from the start, you could feel it, and honestly, the Nets could have had more assists if they were actually shooting a decent percentage from three in this game. Like I mentioned to you off air, they probably missed, you know, 15 to 20 wide-open threes. Every single player, bar Wilson Chandler, had two assists or more, and you know that's that. It's really entertaining basketball to watch, and I think it's a part of the offensive identity of this team without a Kyrie Irving. And I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving he can ball stop a little bit, but he is also makes good decisions when he has the ball in his hands as well. So obviously, when he does come back, you know, hopefully we can maintain this momentum, and you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think, you know, we've spoken about it, that in his six-man role, I think he's going to bring a lot to the bench. He has such a great synergy with DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan himself had four assists tonight as well, 10 boards. You know, he's continuing to play really, really well. But Nick, Garrett Temple, Wilson Chandler, Torian Prince, any takeaways from those guys and their performances? 
Yeah, another rough shooting performance for Prince, and it feels like that really has a, a toll on his game. Like, if he shoots well, his game is even better. If he shoots poorly, it kind of impacts his game on both ends of the floor. I didn't think he was terrible defensively. I just thought there was a couple times where he could have made better decisions offensively. In terms of Garrett Temple, you know, a solid game from Temple. Nothing too crazy, not too bad, just playing his role. And Wilson Chandler, I know like a lot of people haven't been huge fans of him, and especially his inconsistent offensive game. But defensively, he definitely provides some value in understanding verticality and how big he is. There was a couple plays down low where he was able to kind of hold his ground. And like I mentioned, the Nets did play some small ball in this game, rolling Chandler at center. I mean, if it works, it works. And we know the physicality that Wilson Chandler does bring. He is a good rebounder. He's just an all-round solid vet. Did hit a couple of threes tonight as well. When that is happening, you know, the Nets offense does really hum. You know, overall from the field, the Nets were 9 of 35 from three. But a lot of that was, you know, Torian Prince going 1 of 7. You know, Carol Seberg going 0 of 4. In that sort of sense, you know, the offense doesn't have to be humming for the Brooklyn Nets to get a win. And in... Ever seen Ontuck button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Ontuck it. The original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Ontuck it shirts always fit at the perfect Ontuck length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Ontuck it shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages, myself included. Being 6'3, it's extremely difficult to find shirts that fit right. Ontuck it makes it easy. They also have a ton of styles to choose from wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket shirts, you'll never look baggy, too long, or too big again. And their website's easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untucket.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Where does this win rank for you over maybe not the season overall, Nick? I mean, we've, we do that many podcasts. It's hard to remember you know, every single game. But as a win overall, where does this rank for you? I think it probably is a top five win on the season. Okay. I, like you mentioned, it's kind of hard to gauge the wins because at different parts of the season, you're feeling certain ways. And it yeah. feels like whatever's the most recent win feels so important because it's at that time. You're just going to have that recency bias. But I think like the fact is the Raptors are on a 15 game winning streak. They're playing like one of the best teams in the NBA. The Nets just lost to them, you know, last week in a close one, which they felt like they probably should have won. So for me. I love the fact that they beat a team that they just previously played. It's a division rival who, you know, bodied them earlier in the season, but they're able to bounce back and get the win because this is the type of thing you have to do in a playoff series. You're going to play the same team again in the next couple of days. So you need to be able to bounce back and beat them. And I felt like the Nets just came out with the energy and they knew what they needed to do to win. Yeah, Toronto didn't have their best game. They ran out of gas probably late in this one, but props to the Nets. And I think it's a big momentum win, you know, after beating Indiana, then going against Toronto, winning at home, going to the all-star break. I think anytime you can, you know, win back-to-back games going into the all-star break, it's positive momentum going to post-all-star break. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially when teams like Orlando are getting some wins around the wings as well. You know, it just helps the the Nets that little bit more. And Coach Kenny seems to be growing in confidence as well. He was saying after the game via our guy, Billy Reinhardt, that he's starting to discover this team a little bit more and its individual players 
draft and he singled out DeAndre Jordan and the point of how, how to use him a little bit better. How did you think Kenny was tonight? Obviously, that last play sticks out in the Toronto Raptors loss and, you know, we blamed a lot on Kenny when we did record the bottom and we've spoken about it in the past as well. We've given him a lot of gr- um, grief. We've also given him a lot of praise. In terms of his performance as a coach tonight, Nick, how would you rank it? Yeah, I thought it was a solid performance. I mean, I think there still was an opportunity to play Rodion's in this game. I didn't think TLC was amazing, but he only played 11 minutes. But Wilson Chandler was fine. I think he's starting to get a better feel for his rotations. I also thought he staggered minutes a little bit differently in the fourth quarter. It felt like Joe Harris was in earlier than he normally is, which I thought was a nice boost because things can get a little bit stagnant without the spacing, especially when he typically brings in Torian Prince, I think, with that second unit late. But Prince didn't have it, so he elected to go with Joe, and I thought that was the right move here. And like I mentioned to you, there were some adjustments adjusting to what the Raptors were doing. I like this game from Kenny, but I think like that one of the biggest differences over this last stretch is his minute allocation for Karis LeVert. Like yeah. playing Karis like he's a you know borderline star player and giving him you know not the keys to the team, but just giving him that role that he needs to have to be as impactful as he was. You know, Karis didn't shoot well from three, 0 of four, but he still had 20 points on 10 of 20 from the field. 50% is great for a guard, and like I mentioned, a defensive energy. So I think like some credit goes to Kenny for empowering Karis and trying to get him back to the lay. Obviously, a lot of it is just Levert finding his rhythm and stuff, but you got to give some credit to Kenny for playing him 36 minutes the most on the team. Yeah, I think that the key word you used there, Nick, for me anyway, is rhythm. And I think Karras is very much a rhythm player. And, you know, 20 minutes or not, we've spoken about it in the past. It's like, how do you expect him to make an impact in that sort of role? You know, I think Spencer can do it a little bit more because he just has a, a wider skill set in terms of his ability to impact and lift his teammates. Karras Avert is still good, still did have four assists. But Spencer Dinwiddie just has a better game feel for me than Karis LeVert does. Now, obviously, Karis LeVert has other strengths himself. But, you know, you give the minutes to Karis LeVert. He can work himself into the game. He knows how to get his own shot a little bit. Obviously, the three ball will fall here and there. He's been decent of late other than tonight's performance. You know, he rebounds the ball well. He had a couple of offensive boards too, which is really positive. So for him... One really big one, Jack, where it was late in this game and he went and got his own board over like three Raptors and then got the putback. That was a big play in this game. We saw the Karis flex not necessarily a thing we see all the time but in big moments he'll pull it out one of your favorite gifts one of mine one of Nets fans <laughs> everywhere but Nick we'll finish with this one because you know obviously the the Nets aren't going to be playing uh, some games for a while but a little bit of a talking point for me was uh, Taz Mellis on Twitter was saying and this was a few days ago before uh, I think it was right after the, the Nets lost to the Raptors and he said that the Raptors Nets would be a playoff matchup if the season ended today and it would be the first sweep in Toronto's franchise history what a cocky yet accurate comment I mean I love the starters I love the no dunks whatever they're called these days I listen to them consistently but I have to throw that thinking emoji out there tonight Nick yeah, I mean, the Raptors had one successful postseason run and they think they can talk trash. Do we do we not recall what happened like the last five years where they, you know, choked essentially most of the time? So I would calm down with that. Not to mention the Nets aren't even fully healthy. So I don't think it would be a sweep for sure, especially after what we saw so far this season. Definitely think the Nets could get some games in that series. And depending if they have, you know, their superstars, they might be able to win the series. So I think that's a, a little bit of a rash comment to make just because it's like I understand the fact that it's like such a high momentum of 15 game winning streak. But like that's a peak level Raptors. That doesn't mean this is going to be the same level we see all year. We saw so many players on the Raptors from like a role player perspective play so well. Like one guy that really stuck out for me in this game that played a big role in the last game and he didn't have much of an impact at all tonight was Terrence Davis. 
You know, yeah. he was a big part of that win for the Raptors in Toronto. One point tonight, 0-6 on the field, 16 points. And I felt like the Nets understood how to play Kyle, Kyle Lowry. He had five fouls. He was visibly frustrated. And he was just kind of trying to do his flop things. But the Nets have played him so many times, they understand how to deal with that. And he wasn't getting those flop calls. Yeah, Matt Thomas as well, that guy that was just flaming and had like 13 yeah. points, I think, or eight points in, in a quarter or something. He had like three minutes. So if the season were to end today, Nick, I'll throw another one at you. We have Kyrie Irving back. You know, we, we get a week off. Kyrie's knees, all right. KD isn't back. Would you rather verse the Raptors or the Celtics in a seven-game series? Mm, that's tough. I mean, I definitely have some personal disdain for the Raptors. Like, <laughs> I I do not enjoy watching Kyle Lowry play basketball. He just literally drives me nuts because I've never, like, seen a player complain about so many calls and then expect to get all the calls on the other end, too. Like, it's like, you know, play it one way. The only other guy that comes to mind is Draymond Green. So, like, those two just kind of drive me nuts sometimes. But it's hard to ignore the narrative of the Boston Celtics series, especially, like, if Kyrie was able to knock them down. And I think there's one visible mismatch for the Nets against the Celtics would be Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. We're in the Raptors yeah. series. Like, the Raptors, they can match up with the Nets, and the Nets, I don't know, if can fully match up with them because of Pascal Siakam, who had an off game tonight. But I feel like the Nets can deal with what Boston has, and there's a better matchup for them to beat them, where Toronto has some advantages that the Nets just probably can't overcome without Kevin Durant. Yeah, name that comes to mind for me, Nick, is a bit of a Mac, a Smat, that kind of guy. He, I mean, my Boston accent is, is seriously, <laughs> I feel like I should be doing a, a Boston Celtics podcast for the OTG Network. Yeah, it really but did, Mark, because at first I didn't know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Mac is Smat, Mac is Smat. I feel like uh, I feel like Mark Wahlberg right now and one of his uh, brothers or Donnie or however many he has there. Mark, Mark is Smart reminds me of a Kyle Lowry type and, you know, he, he loves to flop and everything. He doesn't chat as much as a Kyle Lowry does, but Marcus Smart does have that sort of flair where it's just like, dude, you stop flopping. You try to be one of the best defensive players in the league. It's hard to take you seriously sometimes. But, you know, he, he provides that similar sort of anger and disdain that you have for, for Mr. Fat Caboose Kyle Lowry. But, <laughs> Nick, any uh, final notes on this one before we head into the All-Star break? Joe Harris, he's going to be winning that All-Star uh, three-point contest, Mountain Dew, whatever the heck sponsor it is for it now. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, yeah I went, um, yeah. I did my picks on the outlet. I picked Joe and I picked Spence. And I picked Derek Jones Jr. for uh, the dunk contest. Ooh, all right, all right. I'm going Spence, and I'm going Joe Harris, and I'm going uh, a late comer. Jared Allen is going to step in. He's going to take. <laughs> he's going to take Dwight Howard's place, and he's going to poster him, and it's going to be the best dunk that we've seen since Larry Markkinen. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, that was a really good dunk. That's the best dunk. Of, mm, is that the best dunk of Jared's career? Probably is. I mean, the the fact that it comes to mind and springs to mind so quickly for me. I mean, it's. I mean, maybe DeAndre makes a comeback, and he, he Brandon Knight's now. Where is he? He's in Detroit. Mm -hmm. He he gets him out there, and he does the the old stank face, and we get the old DeAndre of old. I mean, both of our guys could easily win the dunk contest. What are we doing? What's Dwight back in this? Jared Allen, DeAndre, give me that Nets action. No, honestly, I don't know why Dwight's in it, but that's for a whole other podcast. Jack, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing for the Nets over this, you know, All Star break? Is it just getting the rest for the entire team, or is it just like the possibility of Kyrie coming back, or do you think it doesn't really matter? Oh, I think rest is incredibly important, Nick. I think that you know it's overrated in terms of you know how taxing it is for some of these players to you know shoot twenty or thirty threes. It's just like 
yeah, they're going to Chicago, and that's probably the main thing. It's it's the travel aspect. How long are yeah. they there? How many events are they doing? Are they staying up late in the, in the Chicago clubs? I don't think Joe Harris is going to be doing that. I think he's going to be a bit busy uh, practicing his threes. Hopefully we see some behind-the-scenes action, and the net social media team gets in on that. I think that Kyrie Irving is the is the main thing that needs to that we need to be focusing on Nick because the the Nets at their best you know it's about, it's about Kyrie Irving our best player you know obviously discounting Kevin Durant in this there is going to be plenty of Kevin Durant rumors coming around as well the fact that the Nets are hanging around they got a seventh seed maybe they could sneak in we've spoken about it consistently but you know it, it's almost the fact that the Nets have been playing so well has taken away from the fact that we've barely spoken about Kyrie Irving and his knee injury we chatted about it a little uh, after the Raptors game. And, and how Coach Kenny was like, yeah, we reevaluate him every single day. No new news. But after this All-Star break, I think it's going to be the number one storyline for the Nets because this win will be forgotten. It's just one of the one of 53, one of 53 games. And then we need to go, all right, when is our, our dude coming back? When is he going to, what's the starting lineup going to be like? So for me, it's, uh, it's Kyrie. It's all about him. Yeah, I think the number one thing, like not only is the fact you're getting back Kyrie Irving, one of the best point guards in the NBA, I think this just helps a lot with the second unit issues. Like that's the one thing that always consistently sticks out to me. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I would assume more than half of Karras' turnovers came when he was playing with the second unit because things just get so stagnant when you only have one, you know, plus offensive player out there. So I think the fact that Kenny's going to be able to stagger, you know, a Kyrie, a Karras, and a Spencer and have two of those three out there probably at all times – just going to make the Nets that more effective. The real key is, though, maintaining that defensive energy they've been playing with. You mentioned earlier, you know, top 10, top 8, whatever it is after this game. That's an identity they can roll with. And with the guys they have in terms of pick and roll and isolation and tough shot makers, from a Kyrie Irving to a Karis LeVert to a Spencer Dooney, and then having some elite shooting in Joe Harris and Torian Prince, that just makes you an incredibly difficult team because now you can play that great defense and then you have the possibility of getting scorching hot offensively. That's a team that can win a playoff series, Nick. It really is. And I mean, I think Kenny mentioned being, you know, optimistic moving into the second half of the season. I think Nets fans should too, because there's a real opportunity. There's a real, you know, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Buzz. We have- You're looking for buzz. Buzz is the word, yeah. Nick. Yeah. There's a real Brooklyn buzz, Jack, around this team. And it's just like. as well. They can really hit another level that we haven't seen yet. We are far from seeing this team peak. And I'm not even talking about with Kevin Durant. I just think the unit we've seen so far this season, we've yet to see them play at this like type of level with Kyrie back. We haven't seen Kyrie, Karras, and Spencer all play well together. That's the one thing I'm waiting for. Buzzing, Nick. Absolutely buzzing. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Heading into the All-Star break with some positive momentum. Jack, always a pleasure. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.